things get a little bit grim. But this is especially heinous. Did you tell the police that she was murdered, May? Nope. Witchy ghost stuff. Ah! Don't make me scared. A spooky girl amateur hour. Do you remember it? I remember bits and pieces in the needles. And they were like, oh, you here? And I said, uh, uh." and then then they gave me a little drip drop and then I was back out. Excellent. Yeah. What did you have done? Um, They filled five cavities. I had a cracked tooth. Oh, geez. That they filled. Um, They capped my molars because they're like deep crevice I guess so mm. they like put a thing over top so I don't get shit down in there okay um and I think they gave me a free whitening treatment oh nice they're I fucking love my dentist that's awesome mm-hmm. where do you go um Union Chapel Dentistry okay Dr. Painter shout out shout out Dr. Painter <laughs> um he oh should I move are we recording yeah okay hold on <laughs> we're not done <laughs> with the squirming <laughs> <laughs> Flip-flopping it. Hold on. There we go. Ooh, different. Ah, I do like this. I do. Is this maintainable Yeah. for you? Great. Yeah. It's comfy. I'm so happy. Let So much less jingly and wickle-wobbly. Yeah. Feels good. Uh, I also went to the dentist last week, and let me tell you that I was not prepared to get old and have my dental hygienist and my dentist like younger than me. Ooh. That was weird. Mm-hmm. But then the sense of humor's change too when they know that they're talking to somebody who's like their age, like mm-hmm. on their level. Yeah. So I, we talked about this in the fairy epi- tooth fairy episode, but my mom was a dental hygienist. So I never have it, had any cavities in my life. Wow. And I will die. <laughs> On that statement. <laughs> and. Did she give you the blue tablets? Yes. That, yeah. Yeah. You have to like uh, brush them off. off. Yep. I got my teeth cleaned on my living room couch like once a month. Oh my God. Where she would put like the doctor's like lamp on her head. And just pick at your teeth? And pick at my teeth as a child. That's crazy. Yeah. And then she would only have me come in to actually sit in the chair for polishing. Oh. But, like, everything that she had to do with the scraping, we did at home. Wow. <laughs> Wild. I still have her um, set, her dental set. You do? Yeah. Gross. I know. <laughs> Someday it's going to be, like, an antique, though. I love that. Um, But, shit, where was I going? Oh, so, um, the dentist came in and was, like, doing his exam. He was this young guy. And he was like, yeah, so I've been looking at your chart. No cavities. Great. Uh, in there poking around. And he's like, uh-oh. And I am telling you, my heart, my heart stopped. And he was like, ooh, I think your streak's over. And he was, like, poking at, like, a spot on one of my, to- my teeth. And I'm, like, tooth? staring at him with, like, these Deer wide that has eyes. Light. And I can't say anything. His hands are in my mouth. Sure. And Don't speak with your mouth full. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I think, uh, uh, yeah, I think your streak's over. And my dental hygienist's name was Autumn. And he's like, yeah, Autumn, I think you need to come over here and take a look at this. And so she comes over and I am like getting ready to cry. <laughs> and he goes, gotcha. <laughs> what a dick. And I was like, that was cruel. <laughs> so 
so mean. He's like, I couldn't resist. And I was like, him so much joy. My mom nearly haunted me. Like, she almost came back from whatever life she's in now. It is like, you've let me down. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. The no cavity queen. Yeah. Lord help me. We've been talking about teeth a lot. I know. Tooth fairies, dentists. I don't have a tooth-themed conspiracy for you today, though. Do you? I also do not have a tooth-themed conspiracy. I have a fun one. Do you? Yeah. Mine's pretty fun, too. I think you're going to like it. I think you're going to like it a lot. Yay! Um, Who's going first this week? I think you do. Okay. All right. Let me load it up. It's kind of a long end. Okay. So I apologize now. You go ahead and get yourself all kinds of settled in. Okay. All right. This is a conspiracy that you may have heard of. This one is pretty popular. Okay. Uh, But long before Avril Lavigne died and was replaced by a lookalike. Oh, God. Paul McCartney of the Beatles fame endured the same rumor. What? Have you heard of this? No. Okay. Amazing. Uh, The Paul is dead conspiracy (laughs) is a rock and roll conspiracy theory that seems to have takes the cake when it comes to celebrities who are under the microscope. Okay. Before we get into the theory, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Beatles because I love them. Um, The Beatles formed in Liverpool in 1960. The group, whose best known lineup comprised of John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr, are regarded as the most influential band of all time. The Beatles revolutionized many aspects of the music industry and are often publicized as leaders of the era's youth and sociocultural movements. Just a fun fact about me, uh, my bridesmaids, Jenny included, walked into the ceremony to Here Comes the Sun, and my first dance with Ryan was All You Need Is Love. Mm-hmm. Um, so our, our conspiracy theory rumor goes like this. Paul McCartney died on November 9th, 1966. He drove away from Abbey Road late the night before, a stupid bloody Tuesday, then got into the, a car accident due to slick roads. The rumor is that he was decapitated during the accident, and he was officially pronounced dead, OPD, on Wednesday morning at 5 o'clock. OPD is the British version of DOA, or dead on arrival. The other Beatles decided to hush up the news, so Wednesday morning, papers did not publish it. Somehow, they kept Paul's death a secret, replaced him with a lookalike, and then dropped sly hints about the cover-up scam. What? The Beatles held a lookalike contest and replaced Paul and McCartney with a uh, Scottish orphan named William Shears Campbell, also known as Billy Shears. The stars aligned for Billy because the Beatles had recently retired from touring and were getting ready to reinvent their look with the release of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. The rumor began in 1967, but didn't really pick up steam until 1969 when it blew through American college campuses (laughs) uh, like a wildfire. I love this. Leave it to Americans to make something outlandish. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So there are quite a few clues that fans have picked up on over time that solidify this idea that Paul is, in fact, dead. The very first printing of the rumor was in February 9th. Uh, 1967 edition of the Beatles book monthly which was a short paragraph not even a full article dispelling the rumor interesting enough this first printing has a different date than the one I mentioned earlier what yeah so the date somehow changed okay yeah in September of 1969 Tim Harper an editor Uh, of the student newspaper of Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa, published an article entitled, Is Beatle Paul McCartney Dead? The article cited clues from recent Beatles albums, cover-up 
photos, lyrics, and hidden messages if you play the record backward. Oh. The deeper you look, man. Um, Harper later said that because of the Vietnam War and all the things happening in the world, they were willing and able to believe any sort of conspiracy theory. I imagine that this was something really lighthearted that they could talk about in the midst of such turmoil. Sure. By late September 1969, the Beatles had released the album Abbey Road. On October 10th, the Beatles press person responded to the rumors by saying, Recently, we've been getting a flood of inquiries asking about reports that Paul is dead. We've been getting questions like that for years, of course, but in the past few weeks, we've been getting them at the office and home um, night and day. I'm even getting (laughs) telephone calls from disc jockeys and others in the United States. Oh, my gosh. So the rumor is definitely starting to pick up steam. It's not like Americans don't know how to act. No. No chill. (laughs) Uh, On October 12th, a fan called into a Detroit radio station WKNRFM and told the DJ Russ Gibb about the rumor and its clues. Gibb had other fans call in and then they discussed the rumor on air for the next hour. What? So it totally took over like that the evening's show? show. Oh my gosh. Uh, now Gibb was offering clues himself. So two days after that, the Michigan Daily published a satirical review of Abbey Road. The article was by University of Michigan student Fred Labour, who had listened to the exchange on Gibbs' show. The headline was, McCartney Dead, New Evidence Brought to Light. In the article, he laid out clues to McCartney's death on Beatles' album covers, specifically the Abbey Road sleeve. Fred was shocked when the story was picked up by newspapers across the United States. WKNR fueled the rumor further with its two-hour program, The Beatle Plot. Oh, my God. Which first aired on October 19th. (gasps) By the end of October. So, really, all of this started in, like, September. Yeah. And it runs for, like, two months. Um, By the end of October, Paul is Dead was international news. Oh, Jesus. Although the Beatles press office denied the rumor, Paul McCartney... Uh, atypically withdrew from public life and that contributed to its escalation. So at that point, personally, he was like, I'm kind of done with the fame, trying to start a family. He had gotten married at this point and had a baby (laughs) and was trying to like kind of fade off into Into the the distance. And everybody was like, he's dead. Yeah. (laughs) And he was having no part of it. So during this time, the band was nearing the breakup. And Paul McCartney had a wife and two daughters and was spending more time with them away from fans' prying eyes. He had, like, a farm in the middle of Scotland somewhere that he was just trying to live out his days. Just trying to live, man. Yeah. (laughs) Americans will not be having that. No. (laughs) How dare you live your own life? No. We're interested in you. You belong to us. Oh, God. Fans become, uh, became obsessed, and some say that Capitol Records could have actually had a cause in the rumor, as it did increase the sales of the album. Oh, well, I'm sure it did. Yeah. Fans would purchase the albums to pour over them for clues and would play the records backwards, which would effectively destroy them. So then they'd go out and buy another album. It's honestly a pretty genius marketing scheme. No, it's not bad. It's pretty good. Right. So later, Capitol Records will be like, it's actually a really good plan, and we did not have anybody smart enough to do this. (laughs) So... Did you know that if you listen to a little bit grim episodes backwards, it's just the same shit, but backwards. (laughs) But like you could do it though. Download it though. Yeah. And see. (laughs) See for yourself. Our episodes are going to like skyrocket. We've been like having Satan worship music in the background this whole time. Right. You did not even know about it. Right. What you didn't know is I died 
four months ago. Yeah. And it's, it's just been my ghost. You would. Yeah. Honestly, I would. Yeah. Can't quit the podcast. Can't quit. <laughs> I will bring you back from the dead if you I die. I will necromancy you back here so we can continue. Get your ass back here. <laughs> Did you write your story yet? Get your astral projection ass back here. <laughs> Who killed John Bonet? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Get back here and tell me the tea. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Anywho. Do to do. Fans would purchase the albums, they plan backward, have to repurchase, so they'd go out and buy another copy. Capitol Records denied this claim, saying that they didn't have anybody smart enough. Paul was asked to do an interview to deny the rumors, but he refused, saying the rumor was ridiculous, but and that it would eventually die down. Spoiler alert, it did not. No. <laughs> what do you mean, die down? Americans don't know die down. No, we will never let anything no. die. Uh, however, without a straight denial from Paul or the Beatles... News outlets continued to run the story. Paul just wanted to be left alone and live his quiet life, and reporters from Life magazine trespassed on Paul's farm to get the scoop. What? Paul chased them away, and there's video footage of this. Uh, he chased them away, but when they realized they had gotten, uh, he had gotten, they had, they got unflattering photos and video of him, he called them back and told them that he would do an interview in exchange for the negatives. Oh, Paul was the cover story for the November 7th issue of Life magazine. Okay. So knowing that that is like the backstory of how they got these photos, that's mind boggling to yeah. me because I wanted to be a journalist for so long. Like, how <laughs> dare you? But also like, you got to get the story. Got to get the interview. Uh, the theory is that the remaining Beatles were so guilt ridden and distraught about the loss of their friend and lying to the fans that they decided to start leaving clues in their art. I have a list of these clues for you. Okay. While this list is lengthy, it is not every clue that's out there. So I'm... <laughs> really? I tried to be concise, I swear to you. Okay. Uh, these are just the most popular ones, and I'm going to group them by album. Okay. So first, we have Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band. Mm-hmm. The... I love that album. I do too. The cover looks like a funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, the conspiracy theorists claim that the Beatles look like pallbearers. Get it, Paul, Paul Bears. The Beatles are all standing front and center of the album, and there is a man standing behind Paul with his open palm above Paul's head. Okay. Theorists say the hands above someone's he- head indicate death in specific cultures. And this is a really common theme when it comes to this theory, is that they're always looking for hands above Paul's head. Why? They say, like, in, like eastern cultures that is an indicator of death okay um we'll get back to that here in a little bit but um we're gonna run with it for now okay paul is the only one holding a black instrument where all the rest of the beetles are holding like gold or silver instruments yeah they're brass yep uh if you hold a mirror up to the drum on the cover of the album where it says lonely hearts the words morph into what looked like the number one followed by a like the number one spelled out, so O N E. Oh. The Roman numeral nine. So this could be a month and a day. The rumor is that he died on November 9th. And so after the Roman numeral, no, Roman, Roman no, numeral. The, oh my God, what is wrong with me? That, that lemonade you made me. I know. Um, after the Roman numeral nine, we see the words, he die. Oh. Uh, so that's in the drum. Okay. 
below where the beetles are standing, it looks like they are looking down on a freshly buried grave. It says beetles in the flowers, and then there is a guitar in the flowers as well, and the guitar is facing left, and Paul was the only left-handed member of the group. This is a stretch, but there are some that say that the flowers that make up the guitar actually spell Paul, question mark. I didn't... I can see that. I'm looking at the art right now. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so... Um, opening up the front, the centerfold, there is a picture of the four beetles on, on Paul's shirt. There is a patch that says OPD on the shoulder, which is that, the um, British code for DOA. On the back of the album, we have the four beetles, but Paul has his back turned to the camera where all the rest of them are facing the front. Um, Overlaid on top of the photo are lyrics for the album. And in that photo, George is pointing upward and his finger is pointing directly to the lyric that says Wednesday morning at five o'clock, which is <gasps> supposed t- to be the time that he died. Weird. Right? It is also worth noting that I did look at a calendar and November 9th did fall on a Wednesday in 1966. I love that you did the background work to get that info for us. You know that I had to. (laughs) Um, On a title track, right as the song is about to end, you can hear this band sing Billy Shears. And they say, like, it's the only thing that rhymed with, like, the lyric before that. And I'm like, is it Billy Billy Shears? Shears? (laughs) I have my doubts. They were doing a lot of psychedelics when they created this album. So we'll let it let it slide. Um, on side two, track six, a song, A Day in the Life, has some really interesting lyrics that say he blew his mind out in a car and he was supposed to be decapitated. decapitated. Ooh. Yeah. So that is Sergeant Pepper. Let's move on to Magical Mystery Tour. Mm. On the cover, Paul is front and center and the other three be- Beatles are standing behind him. Paul has his arms outstretched in a cross-like position and he is wearing all black while the other members are in all white. Uh, again, I think it's a stretch, but here we go. There are stars that are grouped together to say the Beatles at the top. Like, that's the title of the the album. Mm-hmm. If you flip the cover upside down, some say that the stars look like they could make a phone number. Depending on how you look at it, you could get, like, 30 different phone numbers out of this. Okay. People have said that if you call one of these numbers on a Wednesday at 5 a.m., you will hear mysterious messages or even talk to Billy Shears. Really? are you looking at it yeah (laughs) i mean i don't know about it literally a stretch but there are people who've like put phone numbers together fine 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 okay uh when you open the u.s version of the album there is a 24 page booklet of photos of the beatles throughout their career these 24 pages are chock full of more clues There are four instances of hands above Paul's head. Like I mentioned earlier, this is a signifier in death in some cultures. On page four of the booklet, Paul is sitting at a desk and there is a sign in front of him that reads, I was. On the centerfold, there is a photo of the band playing and Paul is on stage without shoes. A few pages later, we see a pair of shoes on a stage that we assume belong to Paul. It looks like there is a red hue splattered on the side that many people think is blood, like on his shoes. Yeah. The shoes can be found sitting just above the page number at the bottom of the page, and it is page number 13. People associate 13 with bad luck. Uh 
On page 23, the Beatles are at a party of sorts and they're all wearing white. They all have red boutonnieres on as well. George, Ringo, and John all have red roses while Paul has a black one. In the music of the album, toward the end of the song I Am the Waldress, you can barely hear voices reciting the death of Oswald from Shakespeare's King Lear. When you play this section backward, you can hear a chanting that sounds like, Paul is dead, ha ha ha, Paul is dead, ha ha ha. Ew. Creepy. Strawberry Fields Forever, there is a moment in the song. Strawberry Fields I love that song. Um, there's a moment in the song that sounds like John saying, I buried Paul. Ooh. Yeah. All right, moving on to the White Album. Okay. On the inside of the album sleeve, there are photos of the Beatles individually that seem to be from a different um, time period. So like their high school yearbook photos or whatever. Many believe that there is this is the only one known photo of Billy Shears before he went underwent the plastic surgery to look more like Paul. Oh. Uh, the song Glass Onion, there is a cheeky little nudge to the fans where they sing, well, here's another clue for you all. The walrus was Paul. So they're, like, leaning into it now. (laughs) Capital is, like... Just throw them a bone. Yeah. Please, one. (laughs) Um, At the end of I'm So Tired, there is some gibberish. But when you play it backwards, it sounds like John saying, Paul is dead, man. Miss him, miss him, miss him. Oh. Yeah. If you play the beginning of Revolution Number 9 backwards, you can hear someone say, Turn me on, dead man. Uh, there's not a whole lot on the Yellow Submarine album, except that there is another hand above Paul's head. All right. The Abbey Road album. On the cover, we see the four Beatles walking across the street on a crosswalk. Some believe that this looks like they are walking away from a cemetery. John leads the way, looking very jizzy with his long brown hair and an (laughs) all-white suit. Ringo walks behind John, dressed in all black, signifying an undertaker. Paul walks behind Ringo. He is dressed in a suit and is barefoot. He is out of step with the rest of the Beatles, and he is holding a cigarette in his right hand, even though he was left-handed. And this all, like, signifies corpse-like. Like, the barefoot, um, he's in a suit, Uh, he's out of step with everyone else. Like, that's all supposed to be very... Bizarre. Yeah. And then George brings up the rear. He is dressed in all denim, resembling a gravedigger. Do gravediggers wear all denim? Texas tuxedo? I guess. Okay. I didn't know. (laughs) Um, There is a Beetle car in the background. You can see the license plate of it. It reads 28IF or 28IF, saying that Paul would have been in his 28th year at the time of the release of the album if if he had survived. Wow. On the back, there is a sign that says Beatles. To the left of the sign, there are dots. And if you connect the dots, it says three, which makes the sign read three Beatles instead of four. Oh, my gosh. People really put effort into this. They poured over this. (laughs) Uh, In the compilation album, Yesterday and Today, the Beatles pose with a uh, decapitated baby dolls and their heads. Yeah. Signifying the Paul lost his head theme. Uh, this album cover was recalled. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah. So then they re-released the album with new album art. George, Ringo, and John are standing in front of a really big suitcase that's open. And Paul is kind of sitting like inside of the suitcase or like kind of leaning into the suitcase. Weird. And when you turn it on its side, it looks like Paul is in a coffin. 
and all the rest of them are standing around it. Man, they really put in work to drop these clues. No kidding. Uh, it is worth noting that both the original and the re-released albums were released while the real Paul still would have been alive. Ah, uh, uh-huh. So. Okay. Them, like, putting all of these clues together, like, they would have had to know that Paul was going to die. Right. It was an inside job. Yeah. Okay. So that is, those are the clues that the fans okay. have found. Let's talk about some rebuttals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> If you look at the outtakes of the various album photo shoots, you can see that Paul tends to move around the sets and he isn't always in the middle and doesn't always stand out. Those are just the ones that looked the best. It could be a huge coincidence that the art ended up choosing the ones that focus on Paul. There's really no evidence of cultures believing that hands above heads in photos signifies death. This seems to be a made up idea. Mm. No one knows where this idea comes from. Okay. When we talked about the holding up the mirror at the bass drum and getting the, like, 11, 9, he die. So that doesn't hold up when we look at the British way, right, of writing out dates. Being 9-11. Yes. If we think about it that way, the date comes out first of the month, which would really be 9-11, which is a whole different set of conspiracy <laughs> theories we could get into. <laughs> If you look at the alternate photos of the photo shoot where Paul is wearing the OPD patch, you can clearly see where it says OPP on the back of that album, where Paul is facing backwards and George is pointing to the words Wednesday 5 a.m. can be debunked by the same idea that this was just the favorite photo in a whole slew of photos taken for the album cover. Sure. When the band sings Billy Shears and Sgt. Pepper, they say it was just a rhyme for years, which is why they cho- chose it, which, like I said, is a little sus to me. Yeah. Uh, you could have had anything, but you went... Billy Shears. With the one thing everyone would be looking for. So weird. As far as the phone number goes, it's really difficult to find numbers in the stars, and really only you can do it if you're looking for them. So no one agrees what that number is. You'd think that if they were trying to make clues for the fans, they would have made it more easy to find. Right. Other than I like, mean, the if fans you... were in fields tripping acid, so yeah. you would try to dumb it down a little bit, right? For them, right? Um, as far as shoes with the blood on them goes, it's way more likely that the red is a reflection from the red bass drum that they're sending in front of instead mm. of like a blood splatter. Paul said that during the musical special where he is wearing a black flower and everyone else had on red flowers was because they ran out of red flowers. Oh. I just, that's what, really hard math? for me to believe. Right. At some point during the special, you can see Paul running and dancing around with a bouquet of red flowers. So. Just take one of those. <laughs> and they were the most popular band at all time. You're not telling me that a costume t- designer was like, oh, I only have three red flowers instead of four. I forgot oh, there are were there, four beetles. Are there, are there four beetles? Uh, I didn't. Oh, oops. sorry. I'm an unpaid intern. I don't know. <laughs> Like, three should be good, right? Right. We'll just... It's fine. We'll figure it out. So that one's like... Um, Most people believe that all of the, if you play it backwards, clues are just coincidences. However, at the end of Strawberry Fields Forever, when you hear John say, I buried Paul, it's different on the compilation track where you can hear him say, cranberry sauce, which is also very sketch to me. Cranberry sauce. Yeah. It sounds like they just wanted to cover it up. Yeah. On the Abbey Road album, the Beatles simply say that it was a hot day out, which is why Paul doesn't have shoes on. Outtake photos show him with shoes on and the guys in all different positions and orders. Okay. Um, Ian McMillan was the photographer that day, and he said that he tried to get the Volkswagen Beetle to be moved, but they were blocking traffic and they didn't have time, so it just got to stay. Oh. Um, 
And he also said that the license plate re- reads 281F, not 28IF. Um, there's also not evidence of a car accident happening in the area the day that they said Paul died. Oh, well, that would be a pretty big clue. Yeah. Um, after 50 years, the likelihood of every single person who knew the Beatles personally keeping this a secret is very slim. Plus the perfect storm of a human that would have to look so similar to Paul and have all of his talent and be able to continue to to be Paul and have like such a successful career after the Beatles Mm -hmm. is very sus. Paul is still asked to this day about this insane conspiracy theory. It's funny that he's the only one alive. I didn't want to say that, but I mean, here we are. Ironic. Right. Yeah. Um, he usually laughs it off and just talks about it. Like people still look at him and try to try to spot the difference. They're like, hmm. Are you the, what, what the 40 years isn't enough? Right. Uh, one of the, my favorite things in doing this research was Paul McCartney released an album, uh, few years ago that he recreated the Albert Road album, but by himself. Aww. Um, so he's walking on the same crosswalk and there is a beetle in the background and they had a license plate specifically made that says um, 54 a.m., which is like 54 a.m. Like he was 54 when the yeah. album was released. <laughs> and I just thought that was like a really cute nod to this conspiracy theory That's and him hysterical. just being like, Making a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that is the conspiracy that Paul is dead. That is so cool. <laughs> I love those wild ones about celebrities. Like I do the too. Elvis one it still oh, gets yeah. me. Yeah, I love a conspiracy theory that has to do with celebrities. So. I do too. I'm sad that like everything with Britney is actually starting to get a lot of traction because I wanted to do Free Britney as a mm-hmm. conspiracy theory before everyone like really knew like legitimately about the conservatorship. <laughs> well, it's about to be a true crime. I know. I I mean, that's that's a story that we'll cover. It. We'll cover. I just I want to at this point, I feel like it needs to have a conclusion because like we're so in the middle of it right yeah. now. Um, but anybody else who's out there, like, really rooting for Britney. We hear you. We hear you. We're right there with with you. you. Tay, now that we have officially announced to the world that we like to read (laughs) alien romance books, what would you say is your favorite trope? Oh my God. I don't know. Um, maybe like a teacher student, uh, soulmates definitely aliens that's up there what about you i do admit i'm a sucker for like an enemies to lovers or a reverse harem uh but Mm -hmm. obviously aliens is gonna be number one (laughs) have you started listening to heaving bosoms yet it features besties aaron and alaska and melody from new jersey yes they do a deep dive into a different romance novel subgenre every week like ballrooms and billionaires and friend to lovers cryptids 
forbidden lovers and aliens. They're weird, just like we're weird. Yay! Seriously, you don't even have to read the books to enjoy heaving bosoms. That's because they break down the books scene by scene and add their own uh, spunky and hysterical flair. We love it. Aaron and Melody's recaps are seriously so fun to listen to. They come with a heaping dose of unconditional friendship, open-hearted feminism, and hilarious tangents. They have covered Tessa Dare, Alyssa Cole, Sarah J. Moss, and tons more. Nothing is off the table for these two. My fave episode so far is number 30, The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. And I just finished episode 38, Mastered by Her Mates by Grace Goodwin right now, and I am obsessed. Same. Just don't listen around the tiny humans because these two can get a little uh, explicit. <laughs> so can we. Uh, you can find Heaving Bosoms on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcatcher of your choice. Enjoy! Enjoy. <laughs> oh, how fun. Mine is not about a celebrity, although this conspiracy is pretty famous. Is it? Yeah. I can't wait. Um... Oh, are you ready? I'm going yeah. to tell you about the legend of the Bermuda Triangle. Shut up. <laughs> oh my god. I started this one and it like was a it's a pit. It was I was like, "Oh yeah, Bermuda Triangle. I'm going to do that." And then it turned into like a tip of an iceberg situation yeah. and I just immediately had to like close my laptop and be like, Mm. I another day. I, <laughs> so I'm glad that you're doing this. I am. Well, and I really this is by no means a full composite of the Bermuda Triangle. There are so many disasters, missing conspiracy theories about it that I really had to just be like choosy. Yeah. And put put it together. Concise. Concise. I are had you... to, I had to make some editing decisions. I understand. Are you gonna talk about ley lines in relation to Bermuda Triangle? Um, not specifically. Okay. Do you mind if I interject Go. real quick? Okay, so while I was looking for like additional like ley line photos for our mm-hmm. Instagram, uh, I saw there are multiple triangles that are Bermuda esque. Yes, and they all run in the same ley line. Yeah, which I was like, mm. uh-huh. <laughs> I had that moment where it was like the girl meme when she's like looking at the math. Oh my god, things, she's like, and oh. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot happening here. Yeah, lot to unpack. I'm excited. So the area referred to as the Bermuda's Triangle or the Devil's Triangle covers about 500,000 square miles of ocean off the southeastern tip of Florida. When Christopher Columbus, boo, (laughs) sailed. We hate him. We hate him. He cannot sit with us. Ew. When he sailed through the area on his first voyage to the New World, he wrote about erratic compass readings Perhaps at that time, a sliver of the Bermuda Triangle was one of the few places on Earth where true north and magnetic north lined up. And I'm going to circle back to this. But first, fun fact. I love it. Did you know, after getting widespread fame as the first person to sail solo around the globe, Joshua Slocum disappeared on a 1909 voyage from Martha's Vineyard to South America um, though it's unclear what happened, he sailed right through the Bermuda Triangle, and oh. that's where he went. Missing. I know. William Shakespeare has a play called The Tempest. Yeah. Which some scholars claim was based on a real-life Bermuda Triangle shipwreck. 
Okay. Um, it may have enhanced the area's aura of mystery. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, reports of unexplained disappearances did not really capture the public's attention until the 20th century. An especially infamous tragedy occurred March 1918 when the USS Cyclops, a 542-foot-long Navy cargo ship with over 300 men and 10,000 tons of manganese ore on board, sank somewhere between Barbados and the Chesapeake Bay. The Cyclops never sent out an SOS distress call despite being equipped to do so, and an extensive search found no wreckage. Quote, only God and the sea know what happened to that great ship, U.S. President Woodrow Wilson later said. In 1941, two of Cyclops's sister ships similarly vanished without <gasps> a trace along nearly the exact same route. Oops. Whoops. <laughs> Stop sending ships that way. Did we learn nothing? It's still just mind-boggling to me that giant ships that are like football fields long can just like, boop, boop, gone. We don't know. Sorry. We misplaced the ship. Is gone. Error 404 cannot be found. Like we... <laughs> ship not found. How? I don't know. I don't know. The ocean is spooky. And wild. And wild. A pattern allegedly began forming in which vessels traversing the Bermuda Triangle would either disappear or be found abandoned. Then in December of 1945, five Navy bombers carrying 14 men took off from Fort Lauderdale, Florida airfield in order to conduct practice bombing runs over some nearby shoals. But with um, a pilot's compass malfunctioning, the leader of the mission, known as Flight 19, got severely lost. (laughs) Not just a little lost. No, not a little. Not marginally lost. Severely turned the fuck around. Uh Uh-oh. Confused. All five planes flew aimlessly until they ran low on fuel and were forced to ditch at sea. The same day, a rescue plane and its 13-man crew also disappeared. After a massive weeks-long search failed to turn up any evidence, the official Navy report declared that it was as if they had flown to Mars. Uh, that's, that was not the plan. No. (laughs) We lost the men, and then we lost the rescue team going to save the men. Just gone. How? I don't know. I don't know. I'm about to tell you. Um, by the time author Vincent Gladys Gaddis, sorry, coined the phrase Bermuda Triangle in a 1964 magazine article, additional mysterious accidents had occurred in the area, including three passenger planes that went down despite having just sent all's well messages. All's well. All's well. Bloop, bloop. Gone. <laughs> and that's our sound effect for like blinking into the nothingness. Bloop, bloop. Just gone. Gone, gone. Um, Charles Berlitz, whose grandfather founded the Berlitz Language Schools, fun fact, stoked the legend even further in 1974 with a sensational bestseller about the legend. Since then, scores of fellow paranormal writers have blamed the triangle's supposed lethalness on everything. <laughs> Literally everything. Okay. And now I have a list of conspiracies. Okay. To explain the Bermuda Triangle. Excellent. Number one. Uh-huh. Aliens. Yes, it's always aliens. <laughs> it's always aliens. Late conspiracy theorist Charles Berlitz wrote in his book, The Bermuda Triangle, that aliens could be responsible for the disappearance of Flight 19. Mm-hmm. On December 5th, 1945, the five military planes who were training, um, doing like a routine training near Florida, the planes were never found with the 14 men on board, and then the 13 members vanished. 
Um, And there are no logical explanations, which got him thinking. He wrote, Lacking a logical and readily acceptable explanation, independent researchers concerned with the disappearances in the Bermuda Triangle have gone even further afield. Some to explanations based on exceptions to natural law, others to suggestions of interdimensional changeover through a passageway equivalent to a hole in the sky, which aircraft can enter but not leave. Other believe the disappearances are engineered by entities from inner or outer space. Inner space. Inner space. That's the lizard people. It's what? The lizard people who live inside the earth. Oh, yep. Mm -hmm. Inner space. But reports of aliens in Bermuda Triangle go back much further in time than this, while Christopher Columbus was on the brink of discovering Americas in 1940. Discovering the Americas. (laughs) The audacity. Right. Um, He allegedly saw a UFO in the waters near Bermuda. So this is what I said I would circle back to. Okay. An entry into his log on October 11th, 1942 read. Wait, 1642? When? (laughs) Fourteen ninety two. I think I said nineteen forty two. You did. Yeah. Okay. No, okay. Fourteen ninety two. Got it. You're like dyslexia. When America out. was brand new. <laughs> Quote. So this is what his log his log read. The land was first seen by a sailor called Rodrigo de Triana. Although the admiral at ten o'clock that evening, standing on the quarter deck, saw a light, but so small a body he could not affirm it to be land, calling to Pero Gutierrez, groom of the king's wardrobe, what a title, uh, told him that he saw a light and bid him look that way, which he did and saw it. He did the same to Rodrigo Sanchez of Segovia, whom the king and queen had sent with the squadron as controller, but he was unable to see it from his situation. The admiral again perceived it once or twice, appearing like the light of a wax candle moving up and down, which some thought an indication of land. But the admiral held it for certain that land was not near. Hmm. Okay. Another fun fact. Four planes and 20 ships are reported missing each year. Shut up. How many? Four planes and 20 ships. How are we losing ships like this? I, I need answers. I don't know. That so much time and it's, effort and money goes into these ships for them to just bleep bloop into nowhere. So much ships. Just uh, some somewhere in the ocean, there has to just be a junk pile of all of our shit that we lost. <laughs> like the uh, car graveyards, ship graveyards. Yes. Elephant graveyards. Yeah. Yeah. Scary. It's so, it's so, like, it makes me feel less bad about losing my keys. Mm-hmm. Like, at least I know where ships are, you know? Yeah. If you put me in charge of a million ton ship, I'm not going to lose it. No, I'm going to have a pretty solid idea of where the fuck it is at all given moments. How do you miss it? I don't know. Um, Conspiracy theory number two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Atlantis. Yes. <laughs> uh, some could say one of the more outlandish conspiracy theories, unless you're Taylor. No, I love it. Um, so the Independent quoted a blog poster who said this. Okay. Uh-huh. Quote, when Atlantis was destroyed, it sank to the very bottom of the ocean. While the ruined temples now play host to multitudinous underwater creatures, 
the great Atlantean fire crystals that once provided so much of the tremendous power and energy that was found in Atlantis still exist. Mm. So I'm sure, have you done your research? I know you wanted to cover Atlantis. I haven't yet. So when you dig into Atlantis, you will see that the entire society was powered by these like fire crystal things. And the theory is that those fire crystals still exist and have created a portal Uh, at the bottom of the ocean. And so it's like they just bleep bloop into this other reality where Atlantis is. Take me with you. Right. We'll go. Yeah. I'm sure you'll find your way there. You too can be (laughs) And I would still know where the ship is because at least I'm going with it. Well, you'll find them all at the bottom of the ocean. The U.S. government would have to pay me a lot of money to bring them all their ships back. No kidding. Be like, Um, take better care of these. (laughs) You don't deserve these. If you can't take care of your things, you don't deserve to have them. This is why we can't have nice things. No shit. This is why my taxes are so high for the military. Ships just going missing. I know. Craziness. Um, Okay, next one. Mm -hmm. Sea monsters. Yes. Also love this. Non-complete list of sea monsters that could sink ships. The Kraken. The Kraken is number one. Yeah. Uh, Number two, the Mega Aqua Boa Constrictor. The what now? Mega Aqua Boa Constrictor. It's a boa constrictor that is mega. And And aqua. And aqua. Both. Both. It's like the Titanoboa, but it is, it never like adapted to get on land. It's like fully aquatic and it's like 200 feet long and it can swallow whales and it's crazy. Google it. Sea monsters are just the most Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Extra. The Megalodon. Yeah. But that yes. was real. The Well, the, they were real. They Wait, think this Mega ex- Aqua Boa Constrictor was real? No, no, no. Okay. Well, the Titanoboa was real, yes. Okay. And so was, like, aquatic counterparts. Yeah. Which is the same thing as the Megalodon. That, like, these creatures went extinct, but they never did. They're just in the right. ocean. Got it. Okay. Uh, sirens. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. Giant squids. Mm-hmm. Which are a real thing. And colossal squids. Which are also real. Also real, which apparently make giant squids look like a weenie Moby Dick. Yeah. They're huge. Not chill. Real krakens. Eh. <laughs> Makes my stomach, like, very uncomfortable. It is same. Mine Hold too. On. I need to look up a titan bowen constrictor. A titanoboa. Titanoboa? I'm gonna give myself nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> they're huge. <laughs> they're huge and they were real. Oh, there's a uh, statue of one eating an alligator. Nice. We'll put it on the Instagram. A little snackaroni. So, yes, the Mega Aqua Boa Constrictor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then the next conspiracy theory is methane bubbles. And this is the one that I was familiar with. Okay. Um, this sounds scientific. I don't think I like it. It is. <laughs> It is. A series of huge craters discovered on the seabed around the coast of Norway in 2016 may also give scientists vital information into solving the mystery. The craters measure up to a half mile wide and are 150 feet deep and are believed to have been formed by bubbles of largely methane gas leaking from deposits of oil and gas buried deep in the sea floor. Once these gases reach a critical mass before bursting to the surface, they can cause large eruptions. Um, I, I would say... Mm-hmm. Why don't we just go look? Yeah. And see if there's any of these underneath the Bermuda Triangle, and that would 
Well, then all those are going to go missing. Well, that's what I said. I said, but if you send anybody there, they'd all disappear before we got an answer. So we'll just never know about that. But that is a real thing that happens in the ocean. Methane bubbles. Methane bubbles that bubbles up from the cracks in the earth and they just like cause havoc when they reach the surface. Crazy. Seriously. Hmm. Uh, Reverse gravity fields. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Ships in the sky? Ships in... Yes, kind of. Okay. It's um what cause, uh, causes, like, the um, navigational equipment to go haywire. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh-huh. So, like, the planes, the Flight 19 that went missing. The Bermuda Triangle is one of two places on Earth where compasses point to true north, the geographic north pole, rather than the magnetic north, which is the shifting magnetic north pole. I got this from How Stuff Works. So this must be how the world works. Hold on. There's two? There's two. So there's like the true axis point, but our magnetic north, which is what compasses go off of, squirrels around as the earth squirrels around in space. So it's not fixed. I did not pay attention to that in in science class. I just relearned about it when I did this. Great. (laughs) So yes. (laughs) Um... But it is one of two places where the compasses will point to true north, rather okay. the stationary pole, rather than the squirby wervy one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, some theories have suggested that the agonic line, which is the point where the magnetic and true north are perfectly aligned, passes through the Bermuda Triangle. Sus. Mm-hmm. Resulting in a magnetic phenomenon, which could cause, which could explain cases where pilots and ship captains claim their compasses cease to work properly. Causing them to veer off course. Ah. The problem with this theory is that early 18th century scientists discovered that the agonic line shifts every year. And while it did pass through the Bermuda Triangle at one point when Christopher Columbus was there, mm-hmm. um, it now goes through the Gulf of Mexico instead. Oh, okay. So, uh, rogue waves. Okay. Have you heard of these? Mm, these are real. Yes, I think so. They're wild. Yeah. They're cool. Okay. I mean, not tell cool me, to be in. Tell me more about them, because I think I've heard of them, but I could not speak intelligently about it. Okay. According to the Bermuda Triangle Enigma on um, BBC, uh, scientists now believe the conditions in that area are just right for massive rogue waves. There are storms to the north and south of the area which come together, according to the University of Southampton oceanographer Simon Boxall. Mm. And if there are additional ones from Florida, it can be a potentially deadly formation of rogue waves. Boxall said that rogue waves can reach 100 feet tall. That's too tall for waves. That's too tall. It's on par with the largest wave ever recorded, which is a 100-foot tsunami Triggered by an earthquake and landslide in Alaska's Litia Bay in 1958. Wait, so these just waves can just like plop out of nowhere in the middle of the ocean and everybody just, nobody knows about it? Yes. Yes. They can top the biggest wave ever recorded. Yes. That's terrifying. It is terrifying. But they're rogue and conditions have to be absolutely perfect for them to happen. It's like two or three storm fronts come together, which causes a ruckus in the ocean. Mm-hmm. So when the ocean ruckus meets in these storms, it creates this just giant wave. Okay. And that causes ships to sink and it can pull planes from the sky? I don't know any ship that could survive a 100-foot wave. It's terrifying. It is terrifying. But yes, also, if you're in, like, if that's happening in the ocean, uh-huh. then in the air, you're also going to have... Shit's also going to go wild. Shit's also going to go wild. And then you drop and do a 100-foot wave. 
Whoops. Whoops. Um, using an indoor simulator, scientists discovered that a model of the USS Cyclops, a ship that disappeared in the Bremen Triangle in 1918, 306 people are aboard, was swamped by a wave and sank. A report last year found that a design flaw would make the Cyclops especially susceptible to rogue waves. She had a flat bottom and she rolled quite easily. <gasps> and on one day, she rolled approximately 50 degrees one way and in the high 40s the other way. Uh, according to Marvin W. Barish of Force News. And to many vessels that could have just continued and caused a complete catastrophe. Two of the sister ships, the two that also disappeared later, Proteus and Nereus, were later lost under similar circumstances and were built with the same flaw. Uh, why? I don't, I don't know. Additional simulations so, showed that a rogue wave of 50 feet would be enough to sink flat-bottom ships. As usual, the U.S. Coast Guard said there's nothing particularly hazardous about the Bermuda Triangle. Boo. Boo. The Coast Guard does not recognize the existence of the so-called Bermuda Triangle as a geographic area of specific hazard to ships or planes. In a review of many aircraft and vessel losses in the area over the years, there's been nothing discovered that would indicate that casualties were the result of anything other than physical causes. No extraordinary factors have ever been identified. Well, yeah, you've never identified any of the things that have ever sunk there either. No offense. I don't trust facts from the military. No. You are full of lies. Absolutely. Uh, the um, National Ocean Service uh, also expressed similar sentiments. Environmental considerations could explain many, if not most, of the disappearances, the agency said, adding that there is no evidence that ships disappeared at a higher rate in the Bermuda Triangle than any other heavily trafficked ocean route. The ocean has always been a mysterious place to humans, the agency said. Mm. When foul weather or poor navigation is involved, it can be a very deadly place. This is true all over the world. It sounds to me like the science boys are very much like, no, no, nothing to see here. Never you mind. Yeah. Please look elsewhere. Look elsewhere. There's nothing going on Did here. Did you know about the Michigan Triangle or this other triangle or There's, this other triangle? There's triangles everywhere. If you, you just go and check out one of those. Go look at other. That's not this. Stay out of this triangle right. but there's no reason to be concerned you come to this triangle if you want to but we're just going to tell you that there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing but also don't come yeah and that is some of some of a conspiracy theories based around the bermuda triangle wow that was good thanks excellent job <laughs> it was a really fun rabbit hole yeah to fall down but, but like there's so many like amelia Earhart. yeah and um so many big ones yeah there's that. a lot Wow. It's kind of become like the catch-all. Yeah. Too. So that is, that is that. Wow. Do you have a brain shiny? Um, I do. Uh, I'm giving no context for this. Okay. But it's, my brain shiny is Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm happy for you. Thank you. What's yours? Um... <laughs> Um, we're recording on a Sunday morning. It's, it's Sunday afternoon now, but it's we so delightful. had breakfast together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to sit on my patio for a little while and just chitter chatter and hang out and have friend time. Having a boozy lemonade. Yeah, we had boozy lemonade. Uh, and it was just great. This and, is a really lovely day. Yeah. The super weather is beautiful. It. Yeah. It's super nice out. I have family dinner later. Um, so there's just, it was nice to not have like kind of a like a timeline that we were like oh gosh we have to be done by this time or we're gonna start at this like specific time it was just a nice like we're just moseying yeah 
having a blast. And and that's what this should be. So that's that's my <laughs> brain that's training. that's what it's all about. Woo! Well, <laughs> Thanks for listening. Go follow us on the social medias. If yeah. you are feeling kind in your heart, you could leave us a review. It helps us so, so much. If you're feeling mean in your heart, um, make make a funny review. Those are the rules. I guess if you have to. If you feel so cold. If you have a bee in your bonnet about something that we have said. If you feel the need to cyber bully today. Go ahead and sleep on it for a day. If you feel this strongly about it still tomorrow, then I invite you to make a review, but make it funny. Perhaps these feelings will pass. (laughs) And just know that we love you anyway and we're not mad. We're just disappointed. (laughs) We believe you can do better than this. (laughs) You're better than this. Oh my God. Have a good Friday. You made it to the weekend. Yeah. Um, Be kind to yourself. And to others. Goodbye. Goodbye.